Well, good morning. How's everybody feeling on a Sunday? You feel good? Well, you look good if it makes you feel any better. You look really good. What a beautiful crowd today. An unbelievable packed house on a first service on a Sunday. It's kind of dreary weather. Listen, I know my church back home, they're not watching. So when the weather is not good in Austin... They, the mattress defeats them. You know, it's, it's mind over mattress sometimes. You've got to get up and come to church. And y'all are here. What an honor it is to be in Snyder, Texas. And here's what I've learned about the people of Colonial Hill. That you are some of the smartest people on this planet. Now, you're, you're, I know you're clapping for yourselves, as you should be. That's good. But you're probably wondering how in the world I know that, seeing that I don't know you very well. I know that because 10 months ago... You made a choice that, in my mind, is the greatest choice that you will make this decade. And that is that you voted on and hired a new senior pastor and lead pastor in Reed and J.C. Johnson. And I'm telling you, yeah, yeah, I've had the privilege um, to know your pastor's through family relationships, but also serve alongside them in ministry. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if I lived anywhere in this area, I would, if I had to drive for 45 minutes, I would make the drive. It would be worth coming to church here to be under their leadership. I'm telling you, a couple of integrity, a couple that loves God with all of their heart, they're not going to steer you wrong. This, this is a church, listen, this is a church that if you will get planted in and stay planted in, that you will thrive, that you will grow. This is a church that your family can go to heaven to. And I don't know about you, but that's the kind of church that I want my kids to grow up in, a church that they can make it to heaven from. They're going to hear the word of God. So if you love your pastors, can you give them a hand this morning? Yeah. And if you're new, I'm sorry if this is your first time here. I apologize that you have to put up with me for the next few minutes. So do yourself a favor and get back to church in the next several weeks and hear Pastor Reed as he rightly divides the Word of God. What a, listen, you're, you're involved in a, an amazing, thriving, and growing church. You've got 10 people being water baptized today. Come on, is that not amazing or what? God is on the move. He's doing some amazing things. Uh, I believe the, the girl's name was Avin that was baptized today. I don't know where you're sitting, but I'm so proud of the decision that you made. Congratulations. I'm excited about what God's doing in your world. To all the family that I... See, I've had the privilege of marrying into a wonderful family. I love my wife. I have to say that because we're in a relationship series, right? It would not be good if I didn't say that being in a relationship series, but I do love my wife. And marrying into her family, I got to be adopted in by an amazing family. I see so many family members here today. I love you guys. It's such an honor to be here. Uh, Casey, I love you. Uh, thank you. I'm forever indebted for your time in Austin. You're a gift to the body of Christ. And so, uh, without any further ado, we're going to dive right into the Word of God. Is anybody ready to get better in your relationships? All right, well, some of y'all are ready to, to move forward and to do things and to get stronger. For the other ones of you, we're going to pray for you at the end, so don't worry. It's going to be okay. Today we're talking about a fun topic. This is going to be good. So, And l- let me tell you, too, so I am... 37, a father of three, 
and the proud owner of a minivan. Now, <laughs> have you ever been through those moments where you say, I'm never going to dot, dot, dot? Well, own a minivan was one of those for me. But then I, we had three children, and now we're on our second minivan. So I don't know if this is ever going to end for me, but I tell people, you know you're old when A, you own a minivan, but B, you really, really like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is amazing. And that is where I'm at. And so throughout the, the remainder of our time together, the only jokes that I have are dad jokes, okay? They're not going to get any better than what you've already heard. So when you hear something remotely funny, I just need you to laugh like it's the first time you've ever heard a joke. I need help today, and I know that you're the perfect people to help me in that. But we're going to be talking for the next few moments about fighting fair. Come on, if you're married, punch your husband or your spouse. Hey, baby, we're going to learn how to fight fair. Yeah, there we go. And, and so in fighting fair, I've got a couple of bonus scriptures that I want to share with you today. And the first one, men, if, if, you're, if you're in the house, I need you to lean in and pay close attention because this one is for you. I love, you know what, this is weird, and I'm sorry if this is something that's out of the norm for Colonial Hill. But if I got any men in the house, can you give me like a good growl? Like, let me hear, yeah. We got some good, some good strong men. Now, lean in, fellas. You're going to like this one, okay? Proverbs 27 and 15 says this. A quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping on a rainy day. I got to... Don't amen. This is not the time to amen, men. Now, all you ladies, I've already lost you right off the bat. You're like, who is this guy? Get him out of town. Don't worry. I'm coming for the men right now. This one's for you, ladies. Now, I'll share with you the scripture reference in just a moment, but the word of God would say this. It's better to have severe hemorrhoids than to live with a husband who is a jerk. <laughs> scripture reference is Second Brad 4, verse 2. You've never heard of that book of the Bible. Um, that's because it's not in the Bible, but it's true still. Like you, If your husband is a jerk, it's not good to live with a man that is not kind to you. But, you know, maybe it should be in the Bible because it, it is true. But let me ask you this. How many of you fought over something petty this week? Raise your hand. Don't, I'm kidding. Don't raise your hand. Let me take it a step further. How many of you fought on the way to church? Don't raise your hand. There's, I, I know, because I'm married. And I know that trying to get the kids dressed for church, things don't go right, husband. You don't help the way that you're supposed to help get the kids dressed. My little girls, I don't know how to fix their hair, but there's, sometimes I'm supposed to know how to fix their hair when I don't know how to do that. And so there's a quarrel that, that just brews up. And so we get in fights and arguments over the silliest stuff sometimes. And some of us are even sitting next to our spouse right now thinking about 20 minutes ago, we weren't talking to each other, but we're sitting in church and we're smiling, baby, I love you, Jesus loves you. And our verse for today is found in James chapter 1, verse 19 and verse 20, and it says this, you've heard this passage of scripture, it says, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak, slow to become angry, for a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. And so 
this morning, I want to get really practical with you because I believe, listen, I believe wholeheartedly that if you will begin to implement some of the stuff that we're going to pull out of the Word of God today, that your relationships are going to get better. They're going to get stronger, that your marriage is going to be better because of what the Word of God would share with us today. So I want to, I want to dive into three rules a fighting fair. If you're taking notes, you can jot these down. You can take pictures uh, if you want. They're going to be on the screen. But the first one is this. We've got to stop to listen carefully. Stop to listen carefully. And this sounds good. And this is technically on paper. This is a wonderful point. But this is not so easy for some of us to do. James chapter 1 is very clear that we should be quick to listen. But in our world, I don't know about you, I won't speak for you, but I'll speak for me. Uh, I'm quick to speak, especially in the middle of an argument where we're quick to argue back. We're quick to make the point that we want to make, to throw in a low blow, a jab, instead of being quick to listen. And I don't want the power of simplicity to pass you by here this morning, because when we start to fight, when we start to argue, Slow down and focus on what your spouse is trying to tell you. Listen to what they're, the words that are coming out of their mouth. Proverbs 18 and 2. I love, I love what the Word of God says and how it's, so, how it's so pointed. And it can just get right to the point. Watch this. Proverbs 18 and 2 says, A fool. The Word of God calls us a fool sometimes. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinions. So if you like to run your mouth, this is, this is, don't get mad at me, this is the Bible. If you like to share your own opinions all the time and not listen to others, the Bible calls you a fool. How dare you, Lord? Right? This is what we think, but the, the word of God is, is very clear. A fool would say things like this, hey, hey, sweetheart, I don't really care what you're trying to say, but, but I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking. I'm going I'm to get my words out, my next argument. And this is exactly what we do in fight so often. We, we're not trying to understand what our significant other is trying to say. We just want to be heard. We want to talk. We want to try to get the upper hand in the argument. We're talking about fighting fair. We want to make our point. We want to just win the argument. And scripture says that we are acting foolish when this is the, the, the route that we choose to take when we're fighting and we're not fighting fair. When we stop to communicate, you know what you're communicating when you stop and listen to what your spouse is saying? It's, this is so powerful, but it's so simple at the same time. You're, you're, you're communicating, hey, sweetheart, I... I value what you're saying. I value the, the words that you're speaking to me and the way that you feel. And I want to hear what you say, not just be heard. I value you, and I want to hear what you say. And the second, the second point that I want to share with you this morning is this, is that we've got to be very careful to guard our words faithfully. Guard our words faithfully. Have you ever heard the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? Anybody ever heard that before? That is the biggest lie that I've ever heard. Sticks and stones, they, they may break my bones, but long after a bone is healed and mended, the words that we speak to one another 
they dive deep and they, they hurt deep. And so we have to be careful to guard our words very faithfully. Proverbs 21 and 23 would say it this way. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. Can I translate it? This is, this is Brad. <laughs> This is Brad translation again. Keep your big mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. But we like to talk. We like to have the last word. And, and that is a really, really great verse, right? Keep your big mouth shut. And it'll keep you out of trouble. That's a great verse to quote now. But let me just give you a word of advice. Husbands, don't quote that piece of scripture to your wife in the middle of an argument. That one's not going to go well for you. Honey, you know what the Bible says? It says to keep your big mouth shut. No, no, no. That, that is not going to go over, over very well. But, but when it comes to taming our tongue, this, this four-ounce mass that the Lord put in our mouth, I want you to ask yourselves two questions when you find yourself in, a, in an argument, in a fight, when you put your dukes up and the, the boxing gloves are on and you're ready to go to war with your words. And I'm telling you today, listen, if you will start to implement what we're talking about and what we're pulling out of the word of God, I assure you, listen, that your relationships are going to get better. And here's the first thing. Should it be said... Does what, what's on the tip of my tongue, does it need to be said? Stop and ask yourself that question. And the second question is this. Should it be said now? If the answer to the first question is yes, then the second question is, is what I need to say, is this to the time to say what I need to share? See, uh, for instance, he or she might really need to lose weight, and you might need to address it. But you might not want to address it when he's putting on that suit jacket that he's had since his senior prom. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to, to button that suit coat. Or, or when she says, honey, do I look fat in this? That might not be the time. You, you got to pick your time. Does it need to be said? And if it needs to be said, is this the time to say it? And, and one of the greatest pieces of marital advice that I can share with you today, and if you don't take anything away, uh, anything other than what I'm about to say, I'm telling you, this is, this is a nugget of gold here. The best time, the best time to work on your relationship, whether you're married, whether you're dating, whether you're engaged, the best time to work on your relationship is in non-conflict moments. Not when you're in the middle, not when the kids are going crazy, not when you're at your wit's end, when you've just come home and everything is, the, the house is in disorder, not when the bills aren't paid. That's not the best time to work on your relationship. The best time to work on your relationship is when the mood is good, when your nerves are calm, when you're in a moment where you can have a civil conversation, an adult conversation about what's going on in your world. And so well, let me ask you this question. What if after work, after dinner, after the kids are asleep, whatever that routine looks like for you, what if instead of flopping down on the couch, oh, none of y'all do that. That's just awesome folk. Okay. What if instead of just flopping down on the couch, turning on TV or opening up a book or, or watching Netflix, husbands, what if, 
I'm just, what if? What if you asked your wife this question? Hey, honey, what are three things that I do that bless you? After she checks herself out of the emergency room, she, she's, she's probably going to say, well, I don't even know that I can find three things that you, that you do that bless me, right? That's what some of us think. But you find three things and you share them with your spouse, which, which leads to positive momentum in the relationship and in the conversation. And for instance, she might say something like this in return, honey, one of the most romantic things that you do is when you're doing the dishes, I knew I'd get somebody to help me on that one. And then you might reply, honey, we've got different ideas of exciting. I'm telling you, that, that is not the, my idea of exciting a romantic. But then, well, then you move from that question to this question. Tell me, tell me this would not help your relationship. Hey, sweetheart, what are three things now that I could do that would be an even bigger blessing to you? So what happens? Now you've created a safe environment. You've talked positive about each other. You shared some things that you love about each other. And now you've opened up the conversation in a space that you know you're not attacking each other. But now you're saying, sweetheart, what could I do that could make you and make me serve you to an either, either even greater dimension? So should it be said, and should it be said right now? So here, here's what I know about relationships, that even if you apply all of that, you're still going to fight, right? We're, we're human beings. We're, we're fallen human beings, sinful people. So from time to time, we are going to do sinful things. And so I want to share with you right now, and we're not going to go into a lot of detail on these, but I want to I help you as you uh, walk into your relationships and as you walk into your home today and over the next week, some rules of fighting fair. Uh, and, and here's some, some great rules for your relationship. The first thing, never call names. Never call names unless it's like what you call her in your tender moments. Hey, Pookie Boo. You can call those names. Those are good. But don't use derogatory terms when you're in the middle of an argument. Speak to your spouse with respect and with honor as if you value her like you know that you do and that you should. The second thing is this, never raise your voice. Screaming and, and raising our voices, it just try, we try to compete with each other and the noise level just continues to raise and nothing productive comes when you get louder. It doesn't work. The third one is this, and this, oh, we're so good at this. Never get historical. <laughs> Honey, I remember in 1927. <laughs> Baby, that was 60 years ago. Can I tell you, listen, and, and I get that there's some things that are really hard to forget in relationships from time to time. But at some point, if you choose to move forward with that relationship and you keep bringing up the history of the past, the issue is not on your spouse. The issue becomes on your unwillingness to forgive and to move forward. Number four, never say never or always. This is one of the fastest ways to get in a major fight in your relationship. Honey, you never. That's probably not true. Sweetheart, most of the time, some of the time, 
you don't do this. Never say never or always. And number five, never threaten divorce. Never threaten divorce. Cassie and I have made a pact in our relationship that it doesn't matter what comes against us, that God has put us together. And if he's put us together, there is nothing that we will face in this world that we can't work through. We're going to work through it, and we're not going to work through it by ourselves. We're going to work through it with the power and the presence of God active in our life. And if he is with me, there's no weapon formed against me that's going to prosper, that what he's put together we're going to make it through. And finally, the, fa- the, the last one is this. When you're in a fight, never quote your pastor. <laughs> hey, honey, Pastor Reed said, no, leave Pastor Reed out of your arguments. I, I knew I was going to get some help on that one too. And finally, if you're taking notes, the third rule for the fight is this, is that we've got to learn how to handle anger righteously. James chapter 1 and 19, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And I've got to tell you, there's got to be some things in your relationships, the petty things that you've got to be willing to let go of and say, listen, is this worth Is this worth my relationship? Is this really, really worth the time? And choosing our battles is so important. There's going to be some things that you've got to be willing to just let go of. Ephesians chapter 4 would say it this way. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. See, a lot of people... They don't realize that you can get angry, and getting angry is not necessarily a sin. It's what you do with your anger and how you respond to it. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And if some of you, if this is the only point that you get throughout the remainder of our time together, this is going to drastically change your relationship. And it doesn't matter if you've been married for two weeks or if you've been married for 64 years. I just lost my, my grandfather about four weeks ago and he and my grandmother were married 72 years. And they all, they're constantly, I remember they were working on their relationship. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how long you've been married or how long you haven't been married. If you will start to apply these principles for your marriage, and this is the one that don't let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil a foothold think about this any time that you go to bed with an unresolved major issue think about what you just did you just gave the enemy a spiritual foothold into your relationship y'all that's powerful and it's that dramatic any time that you choose not to work it out any time that you choose not to forgive Anytime you choose not to talk about it, you go to bed, the next day what happens? It's still there. It didn't go away just because you hid under the covers. That disagreement, that issue is still there. And I'm telling you that the major issues that some of us face today started 15 years ago with a small problem. That if we would have had the courage and the faith to handle in a moment and deal with it, but in, 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 in fact, we, we've chosen not to deal with it, and, and we didn't deal with it the next day. It's gotten bigger, and it's gotten bigger, and it's gotten bigger, and it's gone unaddressed. And so today, you're finding yourself in a situation that you look back saying, Honey, how in the world did we get to this place? Could it be 
that you gave the enemy a foothold into your relationship. And I have to be honest with you, we have, Cassidy and I have made a pact that we're never going to go to bed angry at one another. We're not going to do it. Now, in a moment of transparency, there's been seasons of our lives where we hadn't slept for five days, okay? Uh, but we're not going to go to bed angry because I refuse. I refuse to give the enemy a foothold into what God has put together. And I'm telling you, if the enemy can get a foothold in your relationship, it doesn't just affect you. It affects your children. It affects how they act when they're at school. It affects how you act when you walk into work. If you allow the enemy a foothold into your relationship. So as we near a close this morning, I'm very aware of the fact that there are marriages, many different types of marriages in many different states that are represented here today. Some of you in the room, you're, you're fighting because you don't like the way that he puts the, the toothpaste lid back on the toothpaste. You're fighting because he doesn't put the toilet seat down or she doesn't do it just this right way that you like, that your mama did when you were growing up. But then there's others of you that are fighting some major battles you caught him looking at something that he shouldn't have been looking at. There's abuse. There's situations that as human beings that, we, that we're working through. And I understand that today. I understand the complexity of the range uh, of fights that we're dealing with in a house this size. And so I don't want to go without acknowledging that this morning. But at the same time, I want you to understand this is so simple, but it's so true. That if you will seek God for your relationship. If you will fight fair and seek him with everything that you have, that the presence of God, the one that we were worshiping just a few moments ago, can bring healing and peace and restoration to any marriage. It doesn't matter how far gone you think it is. There's some of you in the room today, and it, this does not take a prophet to understand. This is common sense that are contemplating throwing in the towel on your relationship. That if something doesn't change today, I'm not sure I can make it another week in this house. And I've come to tell you, I've come all the way from Austin, Texas, a, a nice five-hour drive to let somebody in the house know today that there is nothing too big that our God can't restore. That there's no, no issue too great, there's no divide too big that the one that we're worshiping today and the one that I'm preaching about today cannot repair. If you'll put God first... So red flags very quickly. These are signs that you need to seek help in your relationship. If you find that there's major criticizing going on, if there's contempt in your relationship, if there's always defensiveness, if there's stonewalling in your relationships, major red flags that you need to seek help, that you need to seek God and say, Lord, something, something's not right. I may not know exactly what it is, but God, there's, I've seen some red flags in my marriage and I need you to point some things out in me that I can do better to help my relationship be more like you would have it to be. Would you stand with me all across this room? I want you to know today, listen, that all things are possible. I don't know, listen, I don't know what you came in here carrying today. I don't know the severity of your relationship woes. But I do know, I'm telling you, I have seen God do it. 
that if you will seek God, if you will put him at the center of your relationship, I'm telling you as fervently and as passionately as I can that the one that we serve, listen, he's capable and well able to bring restoration to your relationships. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's no situation too big. There's no sin too great that he can't bring peace and healing and restoration in a moment, y'all. I'm telling you, it doesn't take 10 years. He can change the heart of a spouse right now. We're going to fight fair. We're going to move from from being on opposite ends of the table, but we're going to get on the same side of the table from this day forward, and we're going to hold hands in this thing that we call life, and we're going, to, we're going to move forward with the presence of God with us, knowing that if he's with me, there's nothing that can stand against me. Are we going to fight? Yeah, we're going to fight, but we're going to fight fair. We're going to fight in the way that, that God intended with grace and with dignity to the one that he has put in our life. And here's what I know. I know that God wants to help you today. And I want to pray a special prayer over you. And I don't know what's customary for you here today, but if it's not uncomfortable for you to do so, here, here would be my hope that you would... If you're here in church with your spouse, they may be serving in kids' ministry, and if they're not, uh, then that's okay. But if, the, if you're sitting by your spouse or your loved one, someone that you're in a relationship with, I wish that you would just take them by the hand right now. Don't, don't get weird. Don't start making out with them in church. That's the, we'll, you do that later. Just take them by the hand this morning. Let me, let me say a special prayer over you today. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we love you. God, I'm so grateful for your word. And I'm so grateful for what you can do in a moment like this. Lord, I know we've got to do our part and we choose to. We're going to treat our spouse with respect. We're going to value them the way that you value us. And when when we fight, it's not if we fight, it's when we fight because we will. Because we're fallen human beings. God, I pray that we would fight fair, and I pray right now that whatever the, the marriage issues are that are represented across this room, that you would sweep in here like only you can do. And Lord, I'm, I love marriage counseling, and I'm for it, and I believe in it. But Lord, you can do more in a moment like this than a lifetime of therapy can do. And I pray for broken relationships right now. I pray that you would, you would sweep in this room, that you would wrap your arms around husbands and wives. That lo- those that are thinking, Lord, I, I'm just not sure we can make it. I'm ready to throw in the towel. That you would change their mind in a moment. That you would bring restoration. That you would bring hope. That you would bring peace. Like only you can do. We can make it if you are with us. Bless our relationships today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Now, we've established that over the first two weeks of this series that God has to be at the center of your relationship. 
He's got to be, everything that you do has to focus around him. I'm telling you, if you want to get the results that you're looking for and have the relationship that you want God to have, that you want to have, that God has in mind for you, it's got to be built around him and focused around him. But here's what I know, that it's hard. It's hard to focus your relationship and center your relationship and surrender your relationship to him if you haven't surrendered your own heart to him. And so I want to give you an opportunity today to do just that. Some of you in this room may say, Brad, I'm far from God, and I know it. And that's the reason that my, my marriage is suffering is because we're on opposite, opposite ends of the spectrum here. We can't get on the same page, and I'm telling you, it starts, sir, it starts, ma'am, with you surrendering everything to God. Maybe you want to say a prayer with me today, a total surrenderance prayer. It just says, God, I give you everything. If that's you today, every head bowed, every eye closed, why don't you, why don't you say this with me? Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. Thank you for paying for my sins. I receive your forgiveness today. I receive your love. I receive your grace. Come live inside of me. Take control of my life. I surrender. I surrender to you. Make me more like you. I want to live for you with everything that I have. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. From this day forward, I'm going to choose to serve you. In Jesus' name.